Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. You see, God sent Jesus to take your place. He paid for your sins. He's crazy about you. But Satan and his lies, and sometimes we're the worst enemies, churches and whatever, people get so confused. If you give your money and all that, we don't ever do any of that kind of stuff. But guys, only God can give you a life that's worth living. It's not how long you live. It's the quality of your life. God has a plan for you if you just turn your life over to him. At Christmas time, the focus tends to be on the birth of Jesus with a cursory mention of the reason he was born in the first place. What gets lost in all of this is the motivation for his coming and being born as a human baby. Through Pastor Mark's teaching, he will be telling you that it was the incalculable love of the Godhead that motivated God the Father to give his son Jesus, to show us the way back to a personal relationship with him. Jesus humbled himself, grew up in the same way we have, so that he could grow up understanding what our lives are like, and then gave himself to redeem us. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Luke chapter 2, with part 3 of his message, The Answer. night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby guarding the flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared around them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. And they were terrified. They had all kinds of questions. What is the angels coming to visit us for out here in the fields? Now, as they were asking these questions, the answer came. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to 10% of the people. Is that what it says? No. To all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born in Bethlehem, the city of David. Say it with me again. God has the, God has the answers. He just said, no, here's why I'm visiting you. And, and we know from the story that the next thing they did is they went and found baby Jesus. And they worshiped. And the next thing they did, see, they, they, they had a relationship. They, they worshiped him. And the next thing they did, they went and told everybody, I found the answer. I found the answer. The Messiah has come. See, the Jewish people have been looking for the Messiah for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. So once they found the answer, they told others about the answer. Now, there's a lot of confusion today. It wasn't this way in the old days, but it is today. Do you know a lot of people don't even know why Christmas? Why are we here? Is it about Black Friday? Is it about well, very simple. God gave the answer to Mary and Joseph 
and the shepherds, and he gave the answer to us. Now, I'm going to ask you to help me read it. Here's what Christmas is about. This is why we're here. This is why you're here at Christmas Eve. Why did Jesus come to earth? I'll read the first part. Mary, you're to name him Jesus. Say this with me. Jesus' name means I am salvation. Okay? To Joseph, Joseph, you are to name him Jesus, for he will, say it with me, save his people from their sins. And let's go to the shepherds. Shepherds, I bring you good news that will bring great joy. You already corrected me to all people. Now let's say it. The Savior... Yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today. Well, the first question many of you are asking is this. Why do I need a Savior? I'm doing just fine. What's this Savior stuff about? Well, here's why you need a Savior. Psalm 51.5 says, For I was born a sinner. Yes, from the moment my mom conceive me. You see, after Adam and Eve, everybody is born with a sin nature. It doesn't end there. Romans 3.23 says this, for everyone has sinned and falls short of the glory of God. So I sin by nature. I'm born a sinner. And then I sin by action, myself. So there's three keys as to what this Christmas Eve is all about. It's really the whole Christmas beginning, the story. Here's the three keys. Let me share them with you. The Bible tells us, I just read that to you, that every person is born a sinner. We say, well, what's the big deal then if we're all sinners? Well, here's the problem. Sin always separates. It separates us from a relationship with the Holy God. It always separates. So that means every single person... Your greatest need is not money, a date, another spouse, a new car, a gift under the tree, an education. Your greatest need, say it with me, is forgiveness. Would you say this with me? Everyone needs a Savior. Say it with me. Everyone needs a Savior. That's why we're here. That's why Jesus came. And and sometimes the world doesn't understand this, or maybe you don't understand this. Now, If I don't receive God's forgiveness, that leaves me empty. There's no purpose without a relationship with God. Empty, lots of activity, but no fulfillment. Empty, lonely, I was made for that relationship. Guilty. I know I'm a sinner, so do you. And afraid of death. Sin causes a person to search for answers for meaning, for purpose, for significance, for what happens after death. Why a quarter of a million Americans? What is my purpose? Now, as you begin to think about that, God put that in us for a reason. The Bible tells us that God put within your heart when you were born, eternity. Now, what does that mean? The book of Ecclesiastes says God put eternity in your heart. It simply means this. You know, even though you might even come up here afterward, the service and say, I don't believe it. I don't have that in my heart. I've never even thought about it once. Basically, you're lying. Because when you're quiet and when you're by yourself or when you're in a funeral, you think about it. So what does eternity mean in my heart? It means that I know I'm going to live forever somewhere. I know that this life is not the end. 
And that causes me to think about questions that I'm asking that I need answers to. And as you think about that, God created us to have a relationship with him, know, worship, and love him. And that relationship is only solved by God. So here's a little picture. How many like putting puzzles together? Let me see. Puzzles? You like puzzles? Okay, good, good. Maybe some of you got a 20,000-piece puzzle or something, whatever. Here's a simple puzzle. Without God, this is what life looks like. See, you were created with eternity in your heart. The only thing that will solve your emptiness, your loneliness, your lack of purpose and meaning, and we try all these things, power, possessions, money. Religion is the biggest deception of all. Coming to church, I'm a good person. I give money. I use my gift. Man, that Salvation Army bell went out, and I put a fiver in there, baby. I'm good. That doesn't work. doesn't matter what church. And of course, pleasure doesn't. So none of these things fill the void. One of the biggest things is I'll do it my way. I'll just do life by myself. I really don't need God. So our spiritual thirst cannot be satisfied with the things up there. So I remain on a purposeful search in my life. So how, does, how do I find purpose and meaning and life and peace and joy? Here it is. There's Jesus. It's not knowing about Jesus. A lot of people think this. You ask them. I have a lot of neighbors, and when I talk to the neighbors, many of them know I'm a pastor. So they go mow their lawns and put their heads in. No, they don't. They're fine. (laughs) We have a lot of fun together. But you say to people, well, I believe in God, and I believe in Jesus. I'm going somewhere on Christmas. I believe in Jesus. That's good. Do you know that demons believe in Jesus? Of course they believe in Jesus. They know he's real. They're not going to heaven. So it isn't about knowledge. It's a relationship that you have to have with God. Now, when you begin to think about that, a personal relationship starts with having your sins forgiven. That's why Jesus came to be our Savior. Look at this answer. Here it is. Very simple, crystal clear from God's Word. Salvation is found in Jesus and Him alone. I can't get my sins forgiven by going to church, being a good person, being educated, believing in God. No, I can't do any of that. Notice what Peter wrote. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Now, I'm going to give us the last question to answer. Then we're going to have a lot of fun together and then celebrate. The most important question you will ever answer is this. When I die, what happens to me? Now, let me give you a little funny at the start, because talking about death is sometimes, it's okay. Do you know that death runs in your family? (laughs) Runs in mine, too. The latest statistics, one out of one dies. That's pretty much it. Listen to this. This is huge. There was a time when you were not. There was a time when you were not. But there will never be a time when you will not be again. You see, before I was born, I was not. 
But now that I'm born, there'll never be a time that I'm not Mark Balmer. Forever. The issue is, when I die, where will I be? When I die, where will I be? And you definitely don't want to have the wrong answer for that question. Now, most people want to go to heaven. They might argue about some things, but bottom line, they want to go to heaven. I've discovered this through my whole life. As you know, I was a hospital pharmacist for 25 years and worked in the medical field. My dad was a pastor. My grandfather never thought I'd really be a pastor. I've always been teaching since college, and, but God just changed my life. So I've worked with death a lot, in the medical field a lot. Of course, as a pastor, all these kind of things, we deal with that all the time. But here's what I've discovered, and it's still true today, and it's been true since the time of the Bible. When people speak about heaven, hell, and death, they have the wrong answer. The majority of people, I would say at least 80% of you, have the wrong answer. When asked, when you die, why are you going to heaven? Here is the wrong answer. Good people don't go to heaven. Pastor Mark, that's crazy. That's why I'm going. I'm better than they are. I'm going. I'm a good moral person. It's wonderful. But that is the wrong answer. People think by being religious or simply believing there's a God or Jesus, that's going to get them in. Remember what God's standard is. Perfection. I was born with sin. So what is the answer to it? Here it is. Only forgiven people go to heaven. Why did Jesus come? He will save his people from their, what? Sins. This whole passage here is amazing. Written to us to prove that you will never go to heaven by good works. Never. You have to have your sins forgiven. Now watch this. But when God our Savior revealed his kindness and love, he saved us not because of the righteous, the good things we do. God didn't save you because you were a good person. But because of his mercy, his grace, his kindness. He washed away our sins. Jesus died on the cross for them. Giving us a new birth, born again. A new life through the Holy Spirit. Now watch then what you get. When you get born again, when you get your sins forgiven, it enters you into a lifestyle. Look what it gives. Because of his grace, not because of my works. No one gets to heaven by their good works. Because of his grace, which is a gift, he declared us right with God and gave us confidence that we will inherit what? Eternal life. That's the guarantee of heaven? Why? Because I'm a good person? No. Because Jesus Christ came to be the good person and take my sins upon him. That's why you and I will be in heaven. Now, I want to say this to you. I hope I can say it to you. When I started thinking yesterday of the thousands of people that I will be speaking to, I just wrote this. I'm excited and yet humbled to stand before you and tell you, I have the answer that will guarantee you a full life here and eternal life forever. I never take this 
God-given privilege for granted. I know that life and death is in the balance right here. Every time we preach, every time Jesus preached, life and death was in the balance. You have to understand, your life is not this empty, meaningless journey to nowhere. No, the end result of sin is separation from God forever. If I don't solve my sin problem, I will be in hell forever. If I solve my sin problem, I'll be in heaven forever. Not because I was good enough, but because I took the gift of salvation and forgiveness. Now, what we do with God, it's just an amazing joy to know that whatever happens tomorrow, none of us here know what's going to happen tomorrow. Well, I know a couple of things. Miami ain't in the playoffs. I definitely know that. <laughs> Most of us already think New England's already won another Super Bowl. Lord, help us. Forgive me for that. That's all right. Uh, but there's things I don't know tomorrow. You don't either. As I'm a Christian, God knows. He's all-knowing. God knows what I don't know. And he's going to guide me. He's going to direct my life, just as he did the shepherds. Now, I wish I could say to you tonight, as you leave, forgiveness and salvation is automatic. You've heard it. Just grab it and leave. No, you have to choose. Choose you this day who you will serve. You know this, the decisions we make today turn around and make me tomorrow. So the choice is always personal. One day, and you'll think this is strange to put in in a Christmas Eve teaching, but it's from God. These words don't sound right, do they? Loving warning. Loving warning. Sounds like an oxymoron, large shrimp, whatever. Airplane food, for sure. <laughs> Loving warning. But look what Jesus... See, he was so concerned that people wouldn't make the right choice. He warned us lovingly. Look what he writes. This is not a church speaking. This isn't Catholic church teaching. This is Calvary Chapel, Baptist Church, Methodist. This, that is why I said you will die in your sins, which means you'll be separated from him forever. For unless you believe, believe is an action word. You believe enough to respond and begin to walk with God. Unless you believe that I am who I claim to be, the savior of the world, you will die in your sins. So Pastor Mark, that isn't very loving. It's incredibly loving. I like somebody that warns me with love. You see, God sent Jesus to take your place. He paid for your sins. He's crazy about you. But Satan and his lies, and sometimes we're the worst enemies, churches and whatever, people get so confused. If you give your money and all that, we don't ever do any of that kind of stuff. But guys, only God can give you a life that's worth living. It's not how long you live. It's the quality of your life. God has a plan for you if you just turn your life over to him. You absolutely can receive the gift of salvation, but you have to choose. The scripture reads like this. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be forgiven. 
Belief is an action word. Repent means you believe and turn around and you begin to trust somebody. Lots of people are going to be shocked when they die. And Jesus talked about it. Many people made a confession. You may have come to an altar or Billy Graham thing, church when you were 13 at the Methodist church or the Lutheran church or whatever. You made this profession of faith, but it never became a possession. You never changed. See, repent means I'm walking this way. I now go this way. And can I say to you, Christianity is not complicated. It's very simple. I want to show you a picture of Christianity. Get it in your mind. This is what Christianity is. Take a look at this picture. That's it. You know, when Jesus came, he didn't say to his disciples, I uh, need you to be a member of the Baptist church here. Uh, Calvary Chapel is pretty good too. Would you sign a membership card, please? Now, what did Jesus say? Follow me, personal. Are you in the picture? Or are you doing life alone? Most people do life without God, except two or three times a year. Or if something disastrous comes, then they cry out for God. That's okay. He's there for you. But this is the way you do life. And the only way you can have a relationship and follow him is to ask him to forgive you of sins. Everything starts with God. God has all the answers. The answer to you, your sin, is Jesus Christ. He'll change your life. You're not too old. You're not too young. If you're 5, 7, 10, I was 5 when I accepted the Lord. I've been a Christian 66 years. I know I don't look like it. <laughs> You're not too bad. Some of you think, oh, I've done it too much. Some of you have walked away from God. You used to walk with God. You don't walk with God anymore. Come on home. Come on home. He died for you. Come on home. He'll take you back. God loves second chances. Do you like second chances? Oh, I like second chances. And by the way, you're never too good. We already covered that. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you an opportunity to make the greatest decision of your life. See, you're either for God or you're against him. And you must be born again. You must have your sins forgiven. I can't do that for you. I wish I could make your decision for you. I cannot do that. You have to choose. So ask yourself just this one thing. When I die, where will I be? You know, when I lay down tonight on my pillow, it's a great thing because I don't know what's coming tomorrow. I just know whenever I leave this earth, I'm going to heaven. Why? Because I've been a pastor. Not a chance. I'm just exactly like you because of God's grace. Because of God's grace. I'm humbled to present you with the greatest opportunity of your life. God loves you so much. But you have to make the choice. Today, Pastor Mark talked more about why Jesus had to come to earth. He talked about your need to be saved. You were reminded that good people don't get into heaven. Only forgiven people do. Pastor Mark went through the steps needed to be redeemed and reestablish a proper relationship with God. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. 
We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. We hope you've been blessed by this retelling of the story of how God set in motion the coming of Jesus to earth the first time. It's always inspiring to be reminded of God's love for us and the lengths to which He went to make it possible for us to be brought back into a right relationship with Him. We trust that you were encouraged to draw closer to God through this message. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Ballmer. On behalf of Pastor Mark and the entire team at Calvary Chapel, Melbourne, we want to wish you a Merry Christmas. In a hurting world, a new hope he is giving.